This service is going to wrap up our D Now downtown weekend. As I talked about, our kids have had a great time. They've had a big time this weekend. And then I get the honor of preaching the concluding message this morning. I do not want to waste a word. And I am praying, in fact, that this would be the most important message that I have ever preached. Now, that is a tall order. That is a lot of pressure. But I'll just tell you, my hope for today is that this would be the most important message that I have ever preached. Yesterday as I was preparing, last night as I was praying, you know what, if I never preach another message, my prayer is that this would have been the most important message that I ever preached. Now, I'm going to talk to these kids, but you be very sure. I'm talking to everybody today, and I'm praying that the impact of this morning is tremendous. And I'm praying that Christ is greatly glorified in this message this morning. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me for a word of prayer as we begin our message this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, we come this morning, and as we sing your praises, you did pay it all. Yes, you paid every, everything. Settled everything, remedied it all in your own blood of the cross of Calvary. Yes, Lord, you paid it all. Lord, you are so great. You're so great, we can't fathom. Uh, we, we try to catch a glimpse and we can't even understand. And so, Lord, we come and as your people today, we exalt the name of Jesus Christ this morning. Lord, I pray that in this hour now, as you as have met with us, as we have come, as we've sought to, to worship you, I pray now that as we study your word, I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears, that you would open the ears of, of every person in this room, open our hearts, and that you would truly speak to your people today. I pray it wouldn't be normal. I pray, Lord, that it wouldn't be natural, but that it would be a supernatural event. And Lord, I pray that the impact would be far-reaching beyond this day. I pray that the impact would, would go out and it would change them of these young lives, that it would change some of our homes, some of us as grandparents. And I pray that the impact would still be rolling a wave when you come for your people. Let the impact, Lord, be eternal. We come this morning, we tell you, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. We exalt you. And I pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. There was a song that came out several years back, three or four years back, called Dear Younger Me. And maybe you've heard that song, but the, the gist of the song is what if I could go back? What if there was some way to, to go back and find yourself earlier in life and, and tell yourself some things. And that, that really is the gist of the song. The person goes and, and talks about the things that this person is gonna is gonna struggle through. And if they could just go back. If you could go back, what would you tell yourself? Now at first when I when I hear that song, when I think about that song, I wonder if that would even be a good thing. Some of the things that I have been through, some of the things that I've struggled through and walked through have helped shape me for this point in my life today. And, and some of those things, God, when I submitted it to him, he was able to take those things and, and use them uh, for his glory in my life today. And so I wonder when I hear that song if that would even really be a good thing. Well, after some thought, I have decided 
that there are three things, three huge things, three profound things that I wish somebody had told me. Oh, I wish they would have told me. And I think, well, what if, what, if, what if they never did? And what if I'm at this place because they didn't? Oh, listen to me, friend. I wish somebody would have told me these things. Maybe things would have looked different if I'd just known these things. Well, today in the grace of God, I get to tell these things to my church, to these kids including Sarah and Kale. In fact, I get to tell these things to, to all of us this morning. Now, I can't go back, but in the grace of God, I can speak today, and that is my intent. And so I'm gonna tell you today three things, three things I wish somebody would have told me. Now, I want you to listen. I want you to get this. Listen very carefully. The first thing is this. I wish someone would have told me you can know Christ. You can know Christ. In John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus is speaking there. In fact, it's his high priestly prayer, and Jesus is praying there. He's very shortly going to go to the cross of Calvary. And if you read that verse, he says in the verse, really, he prays in that verse, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. He says eternal life is knowing Christ. Now, I want you to listen to each of these words. It is knowing Jesus Christ. The word for know is the Greek word, ginosko. Ginosko. It means to know, especially through personal experience. Now, what, what it's talking about is a first-hand knowledge. You didn't read it. You didn't, somebody didn't pass it on to you, but it's, but it's what you know from a first-hand knowledge. It, another translation said, to experientially know. Means this, it is your knowledge. You know. You see, I was taught that I could receive Christ. I was taught for sure that I, I should accept Christ. I was taught that in, in God's grace and the finished work of the cross that I could be saved by Christ, but I really had no idea that I could know Christ, personally, deeply, intimately know Jesus Christ. I didn't know I could know him as the Lamb of God, not just words. Listen, it's more than just a bunch of words, but I could know the perfect Lamb of God. I could know my Lamb, that I could know him as the Savior, the remedy for sin, not some word that we just put up in an abstract sign somewhere, but I could know, I could know the Savior, that I could know the victor, the defeater of death, that I could know Jesus who lives again, see my hands and, and touch my side, that I could know the Redeemer. I want you to hear me, youth and kids and church. I want you to hear me this morning. You can know Jesus. You can know 
Jesus. Oh, that we would raise a generation today that would know Jesus, that they really, truly know Jesus. Listen, you can know Jesus. How crazy is that? How radical is that? You can know Jesus. Now, why is that important? Let me tell you why it's important. Because if you know Jesus, you know that you can trust Jesus. And if you know Jesus, you know that you can turn to Jesus. And if you know Jesus, you know that you can take hope in Jesus, that when you can't find any peace, you're gonna find it in Jesus. When the world is hard, that there is strength in Jesus. Little song kept running through my mind as I was writing that. Oh, Jesus, do you know him today? Do not turn him away. Oh, Jesus, without him, how lost I would be. Fourth grader, eighth grader, tenth grader, grandparents, I want you to hear me this morning and hear me very well. You can know Jesus. That's the first thing I wish somebody told me. Listen, son, you can know Jesus. Second thing is this. Second thing I wish somebody that had told me, and good grief I wish that they had of. Second thing is this. You can walk with Jesus. You can walk with Jesus. I wish somebody as simple as that. I wish somebody said, listen, young man, you can walk with Jesus. I, I want to read some verses that I think explain this. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Now listen to the verses. I'm going to go back and explain them, but here's what it says. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, now there's a lot there in that title. Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him having been firmly rooted and now being built up on him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. Now look at these verses. Therefore, as you have received Christ, Jesus the Lord. Now what that means is, that's, that's a packed title, but it means that you have trusted Jesus as the means of your salvation. He's the only way to be saved. It means that you have received the truth that he died your sacrificial death, paying for sin, that he has risen from the dead. If you've received the truth of who he is and you know him, that's what that means. As you have received Christ, he says, now walk in him. The word for walk here is literally your walk. It is it is how you live. It's how you go through the course of your life. It is, it is how you conduct yourself. And here's what it literally reads. Tread about in him. A literal translation, tread about in him. Now what that means is, as you go, go in Jesus. As you walk, walk in Jesus. Actually walk in Christ. Fourth grader, eighth grader, 10th grader, grandparent, listen to me today, hear me today. 
You can walk in Christ. Be sure and understand today, being saved is not the end. It is the start. Be sure today, being saved is not the finish line. Rather, it is the starting line. And I want to tell you, we are missing so much when we stop and when we stall out where it is that we should start. You can walk with Christ. I want to show you the picture in verse 7. I'm just going to go ahead and warn you. It's an awesome picture. It's an awesome picture here in verse 7. Listen to verse 7. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. Now, I'm going to go and, and, and paint that picture for us in verse 7. See this, you are not rooted in Christ. The Bible says you are firmly rooted in Christ. Did you catch that? You are firmly, there's a lot of things rooted, but this is firmly rooted in Christ. That means there is a foundation. There is a root that is firmly rooted. And when life gets hard and when life gets shaky and when the storm comes, you're not going to be thrown all over the place. You're not going to be scavenging around trying to figure out how to have hope in your life. You are firmly rooted in Christ. There's a lot of people that say they're saved. Maybe they are saved, but they don't really know Christ. They're for sure not walking with Christ. And when the tough times come, and listen, brother, they're going to come, they are rattled to their core. Listen, as you're walking with Christ, you're firmly rooted in Christ, and your foundation will hold. More than that, that's just the start. More than that, it says you are built up in him. Now, this is, this is an awesome process you're built up in him. You have the foundation, but now God is building you up from the foundation. You, as you walk with Christ, you're learning to trust Christ, that he's trustworthy, that he's faithful. He's never left me down. You're learning to turn to Christ. You know what? I used to turn here. I used to turn there. I would try to figure it out. Listen, you learn to turn to Christ. You're learning to obey Christ that it's actually the best thing. You know what? God has said this. This is what he says. I am learning to obey Jesus Christ. You are growing in Christ. You're walking in Christ. You're being built up in Christ. Let me say something pretty profound. Every now and then I'll do that, so you might want to write it down. Listen to this. The best part of being saved, the great part of being saved isn't the forgiveness of sin. It is the relationship with Christ that grows now that your sin is forgiven. Wow, what, what an awesome thing. Uh, understand that. The, the greatest thing is not the forgiveness of sin. Oh, I'm so thankful. It is now the relationship that I can walk in Christ now that sin is forever settled. Verse seven goes on and it says, and establish in your faith. Establish means strengthened. Now listen to this. It means secured and made more secure. Now that's, that's, a, that's a pretty crazy thing. It's secured 
but then it's made more secure. It is the process of your faith becoming solid. Listen, it is this, it is this awesome faith. It is this deep, unshakable faith. It is secure, and then it becomes more secure. Oh, it's so secure. We made it through this valley. It is secure, but what does it do? It becomes more secure. That is the awesome reality of walking in Christ. Your faith doesn't stay where your faith started. Your faith grows as you walk in Christ. Then it says this, just as you were instructed. Now this is very dear to me. This is what the church does. This is what I do. This is what called shepherds are called to do. They are called to teach you. Christ is the creator. And I don't have to be ashamed of that. They're called to teach you. They're called to teach you Christ is the sustainer, everything he holds in his hand. He is the savior, the remedy for sin. They're to teach you in that. He is the lamb of God and all that that means. That, that, that he is the king, that he is Emmanuel, truly God with us, that he is coming again. And in the truth of who Christ is, then you grow. Do you see all of these things tied together? You grow in the knowledge of Christ. So you grow in your walk with Christ. Friends, listen to that again. The best part of being saved is not the forgiveness of sin, as awesome as that is. It is the relationship with Jesus that can now flourish because your sins are forgiven. Wow. The last of verse seven, the result of that, and this is pretty, pretty normal, natural, I think, is that you would be overflowing with gratitude. You would be overflowing with gratitude. The word for overflowing means abounding. It's like when you're, when you're trying to pour a five-gallon load of, of water into a one-gallon bucket. It just rolls over and rolls over and rolls over. You're, you're so thankful that it's just abounding in you. That is the result when you're walking with Christ. Let me tell y'all something people say about y'all. Maybe, maybe, maybe y'all aren't aware of this. People say of this young generation, I've heard it. I may have even said it, but people say, y'all are the most ungrateful generation of all time. That, that's what I hear. People say, that's the most ungrateful generation of all time. That's the most entitled generation of all time. They're the most pampered generation of all time. Their parents are breaking their necks. They're, they're the most ungrateful generation of all time. That's what they say about y'all. Now, kids, don't feel too bad because you're just like your parents. Let me, let me tell you the problem. The problem is we're not walking with Christ. We're not growing with Christ. Listen, grandma and grandpa. Listen, church member. Listen, listen, parent. Listen, the reason we're not abounding with thankfulness, why we're not overflowing with gratitude, we're not walking with Christ because when you're walking with Christ, you know what? I am redeemed. I am forgiven. I am saved. My faith is growing. I'm being instructed in the knowledge of Jesus and it abounds out of me. I'm thankful when I walk with Christ. One time I was, I was going to work out north of town and a dump truck had, had turned over on the highway and scattered rocks all over the highway. 
our life, this may be weird, ought to be like a wreck dump truck of thankfulness. You can't sweep it back up. You can't get it out of the ditches. The, the, the driver gets out and he's slipping on it. Our life ought to be abounding with thanksgiving. So hear me today, and I want you to listen to each word. You can walk with Christ. Listen, you can walk with Christ. Oh, that's for later. Oh, that's after you've lived a little bit. Oh, that's for some time when you, when you decide to get serious. Oh, that's after you do what we did and you go out and sow your wild oats. No, listen to me. That is ridiculous. That would be stupid. Fourth grader, eighth grader, 11th grader, college student, in the grace of a kind God, you can walk with Christ. You can walk with Christ. Oh, I wish somebody had told me that. You can walk with Christ. We do not have to wait. You do not have to wait. So walk with him. I don't know if I can walk with him in seventh grade. I don't know if I can walk with him in 11th grade. I don't know if I can walk with him freshman in college. Listen, in the grace and the empowerment of our God, you can walk with Christ. That brings me to the third thing that I wish somebody had told me. You can know Christ. You can walk with Christ. Here's the third thing, last thing. You can do big things for Christ. You can, well, I don't know if they're talking about me. I don't know if I'm that person. I don't know if I fit that mold. You, listen, everybody in this place, you can do great things for Christ. Christ, I, I want you to see where Satan's messed us up in this. I, I'm so sick of this, but the Satan and the world has got our, its hooks in us on this. Our world today pulls all of us to accept normal. Just be normal. Our world just says, just be normal. Normal's good enough. Our world trains you to be average. The standardized test that everybody stresses over eats up our education system. Standardized test says, you know what? If you'll know this by here, that's normal. And you know what? If you'll know this and you'll know it by here, that's gonna be normal. And it's, it's training us to be normal. That's what the standardized test is. Listen, that is somebody's idea of normal and they're probably some kook or some nut in Austin and that's their idea of normal. The world says, you know what? Be normal. Our world pressures us to conform. It pressures you to conform. And you think the pressure's bad now? It's gonna get worse. Conform, conform, be shaped like us. The cry of our world, the cry of our culture, fit in, fit in, fit in. Our world lures you and leads you to compromise. That's what our world does. And I'm talking for adults too. Our world leads you, rewards you, appeases you, comforts you in compromise. That's, that's, that's our world today. Just let it go and compromise. It is no big deal. 
Compromise. It is a standard you can't keep. Nobody can keep it. Compromise. It is okay. We've done it for generations. Compromise. Set it down. It's not that big of a deal. Compromise. Oh, listen to me, dear. Fourth grader, eighth grader, 11th grader, grandparent. Don't you listen to that. Don't listen to that. It's not true. You can do great things for the cause of Jesus Christ. Man, I'd like to tell some of these folks, these kids and some of our folks, I'd like to tell them, you know what? You can stand when everybody else sits down. Have a seat, compromise. You can stand when everybody else sits down. You can go this way, though all the world goes that way. You can go against the flow. Listen, you can talk differently. You can date differently. You can live differently. Oh, and you listen to me. You can lead people to Jesus Christ. You can do great things for the glory of God. You can, you can. You can do great things for the glory of Christ. I'm so sad that we've taught our kids, and, and we have. I'm so sad that we've taught our kids that the best, woo, the best that they could do is excel in athletics or excel in popularity. Woo, be popular that the best they can do is excel in school or excel in some job that's gonna give them wealth. I'm so sad that we've taught our kids that, that that's, the, that's the thinking that we hold. When the truth is this, we should be waking them up. We ought to be waking them up and saying, hey, listen, it's time to get up. Kale, you can do great things for the cause of Jesus Christ. Emily, Brenda, you can do great things for the cause of Jesus Christ. Landry, you can do great things for the cause of Jesus Christ. Gregory, you can do great things for the cause of Jesus Christ. Maddie, you can do great things for the cause of Jesus Christ. Get up. We've got things to do to bring glory to our Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> David killed Goliath. That's a big dog deal right there. An army of grown men stood there and David cut his head off. 16 years old. There was a young king named Josiah. He turns Judah back to God. Generations had spit in the face of God. He's nine years old when he becomes king. He's about 16 years old when he turns the nation back to God. Daniel goes and he says, I'll not compromise, I'll not compromise. There is one true God. I'll point to him with my life. He's 12 to 14 years old when he does that. Joseph stood up to Potiphar's wife. Well, it was when he sold his wild oats. Well, it was when he was older. No, he was about 17 years old when he said, no, there's a living God and I'll point to him. Jeremiah the prophet he starts preaching, guess how old? About 17 years old. You can do great things for the glory of Jesus Christ. One of my...
favorite things, one of my favorite memories is of Sarah Jo when she started the sixth grade. Started sixth grade, she came and she said she wanted to lead a Bible study at school. Her dad's a Baptist preacher, so she may have heard a bunch of weird things growing up, but she thought she, she wanted to lead a Bible study at school. And she said, well, we'll do it at the flagpole. I guess that's as good a place as any. It's a, it's a place we can meet at. And she, she talked to her friends, and they decided they would do it on Tuesdays. And so the plan was they were going to lead a Bible study at the flagpole on Tuesdays. And she came to me one evening, and she said, Dad, if we'll, if we'll bring donuts, more people will come. I had trained her, evidently. <laughs> and so she would wake up early, little sixth grade girl, and she'd get all decked out for sixth grade. And we would leave early, and she'd remind me we've got to leave early. We'd go to the donut shop, and we'd buy two dozen donuts. And I'd drive her to the, to the intermediate school, and I'd drop her off. And she had this little book, and it just had a verse that she would read, and then somebody would pray. I was cleaning out the other day and I found that book. Still has it. At the heyday, I would drop her off somewhere in the middle of sixth grade. And she wouldn't know as I drove off, I would watch. And 25 to 30 little kids would stand at this flagpole and listen to a little girl with blonde hair read a verse out of a notebook, eat 24 donuts, and pray and go to sixth grade. Don't you know Christ was glad? Don't you know Christ was glad? Listen, you can know Christ. You can know him. You can walk with him. You don't have to go different directions. You can walk with Christ. You can do big things for the glory of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. During Father, we come. And I'm thankful for the truth I'm thankful for the truth that it still catches, that it still matters. Lord, I'm thankful. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm thankful for the grace and the kindness you've shown me. I'm thankful for, for pastors and for parents and for friends and teachers who taught me to, to receive Christ and to, to trust Christ. But Lord, I, I, I pray on this day that, that in that same grace and that same power that we would know you can know Christ that we can walk with, they can walk with Christ, that we can and they can do big things for the glory of Christ, and that in that, Lord Jesus, that you would be glad, that you'd be glad, simple as that, Lord, that you'd be glad. Lord, I pray that you've spoken. I pray that you continue to speak. I pray that we've been impacted. I pray that the impact would last further than just a few hours, but it would last as we walk out our life. Lord, speak to us today. Lead us today. I pray if there's one here, maybe several that do not know you, I pray that today in the hearing of the good news, they would put their faith in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray the result would bring much glory to you.
We love you. We praise you. We thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.